This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. BFM 89.9, it's 7.06 on a very lovely Friday morning. It's 10th of November and you're listening to The Morning Round with Philip C. and I'm Wong Xiaoning. In about 30 minutes, we'll be speaking to Angela Han Lee of Bloomberg Intelligence on whether the worst is over for China's hospitality and gaming industry. But in the meantime, let's recap how global markets closed yesterday. Well, tell you what's not lovely, US markets, because the Dow was down 0.7%, S&P 500 down 0.8%, and Nasdaq down 0.9%. But over across in Asia, decidedly mixed, the Nikkei was up 1.5%, Hang Seng down 0.3%, Shanghai Composite up 0.03%, Singapore's STI up 0.2%, and back home, FBM KLCI was down 0.4%. So, for some answers as to where markets are heading today and maybe next week, we speak to Peter Lim, founder and chief research officer of Trident Analytics. Good morning, Peter. Always good to speak to you. Now, the upward trend of the U.S. equity seems to have come to a pause after a week of bullish momentum. What direction do you think the S&P 500 and Nasdaq will trade in the next week? And what are the things that we should be paying attention to to know where it's going? Yeah, hi, hi. Morning, guys. Uh, thanks for having me. Um, my, my, my limited crystal ball, as predicting a short term is very difficult. I, I will still tend to think that next week it will be quite positive for the market. Um, the upward trend is there. I, I think generally, the main reason for that is because I think people are already expecting that the, the Fed will no longer hike any further rate, not only for the rest of the year, but likely will keep it uh, pretty flattish for the rest of 2024. Right? So I think that, that is actually the fundamental reason why markets are quite positive. And yeah. Are there any indications you know, of what the guidance will be outside US, right? Do you, are you going to look at any other markets where data is going to come out next week that will give you a sense of direction outside US? Uh, I, I think the only two major markets that will actually you know, move, the, move the global market will actually boils down to actually US and China. Mm. I think these, these are two big movers of the market. Okay, so let's look at what's going to happen in Asia then. Considering the geopolitical tensions that we see in the Middle East, the war mm. that's continuing, of course, in Gaza, and mm. Treasury yields somewhat fluctuating. I think today it retreated because uh, Jerome Powell's comments kind of made markets a little bit nervous when he said that they won't hesitate to raise rates. How should mm. investors in Asia actually position themselves in terms of hedging market risk? I think if you look at... Uh, okay, let's put it this way. Federal Reserve will continue to sound very uh, hawkish, right? Mm-hmm. Um, simply because they learned from the 1980s experience. They, they, want, they want to be to create a situation where the market lost confidence in the Federal Reserve. So they have to be consistent in their message. That's why I know on and off you'll be somewhat a bit, a bit hawkish to actually show that the market is very determined to bring the inflation down. So I, I think that that's a key message. Um, we'll look through the 1979-1980 experience of the Federal Reserve to understand why he's um, consistently so hawkish. As, as for that, if you look at the tension in the, uh, in the Middle East, right? Um, if you look at based on how the market has been moving um, since the start of it, right? I think market seems to be not being so much focused on there, or in, in lack of a better word, it doesn't seem to be so concerned about what's happening there, right? I mean, judging if you look at how the market has been moved um, globally. As to how, how investors should position, I, I think they, should, they still continue to look at Number one, whether do they still believe globally will the global economies be still positive going forward or they are really expecting for a recession? Mm. That's the first thing they're looking at. Right? If they have 
the latter view, they should be holding more cash. But if they think that the world is still going to grow, definitely then they should be stay invested. As to which invested segment then, then you look at which industry they are more optimistic. Like personally, I am still a believer that you know, semicon will be a bit, very, very good sector to be in for the year 2024. Okay. Do you expect a year-end rally though? Is Santa going to make an appearance? <laughs> because uh, well. history has shown that actually November tends to be a pretty good month and December an okay month. <laughs> and look, forgetting October has been a horrible month. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so should we believe history repeats itself? Well, actually, fundamentally, there's a, there's a good reason for that. Uh, if you see, usually, I mean, look at US drives the market. Right? Usually December mm. is a holiday season. Um, for the U.S. So some fund managers start positioning for the next year in the month of uh, November, right before you know, they go for their holiday breaks. That actually, to a certain extent, explains why you know, November tends to be a very good month because they are repositioning their portfolios for, for the next year. And December is quite a month because they are off for their holidays. Yeah. But I guess the question is, what route will Santa take, right? Will he be passing <laughs> through Asia? I mean, if you look at the results, right, do you see Asian earnings results, you know, kind of mirror what you saw in the US? And do you think that's going to be the driver of where Santa will take his sleigh and his 12 reindeers? <laughs> oh, you look at Asian, we really have to look at uh, countries in particular. I think, again, gone other days, 20 years ago, when we say Asian, we're actually, we're thinking everybody moving in the same direction, right? But I think we'll come to a situation where within countries within Asia, everybody has their own dynamics, everybody has their own growth, everybody has their own challenges. So in a lack of better way, we can say to a large extent, the countries in Asia have decoupled to a certain extent on, on the direction and the growth. So what I'm trying to say is for Asian investments, we really have to look at individual countries per se. So uh, Santa has to be very, very different, act very differently in different countries. Right. Some he may give a lot of goodies, some may be a bit stringy, mm. he may not give you give you what you want, and if your country is being naughty, he may not give you anything at all. <laughs> yeah. But perhaps Santa won't need the reindeers, maybe he took a flight, because if you look at the results, airlines all around the region did do extremely well, right, from SIA to Emirates. Do you think uh, Santa is going to continue taking flights next year or uh, for the aviation sector in 2024? Technically, Santa has his own reindeer. So he won't be boarding any of these flights. But then uh, global travel, I, I think you look at what's happening globally now. Um, there is a massive shortage of airplanes. And no airplanes actually have a very, very long lead time. Because bear in mind, during the pandemic period, you know, uh, all production came to a halt. You know, all, all this end, a lot of the older planes have been put out of service. So now, now what's happening globally now is there's actually quite a shortage of airplanes. And it's not, airplanes not like a car, you know, it's all the one you can come six or nine months down the road. But mm. the airplanes have a very long lead time, about seven to eight years. From the day you order now, you have to wait at seven to eight years before you get your airplane. So that's the reason why you look at a lot of, and not that I'm justifying why they're charging very high for it, you know, it's, 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 it's wrong for us as a consumer. But then again, because there's limited capacity now that, give a very good reason for airplanes to actually charge us very, very high rates, which then translate to very, very good earnings. So long as I'm trying to say is that likely this trend um, is going to continue, at least for the next two to three years. All right. Thank you so much for your time. That was Peter Lim, founder and chief research officer of Trident Analytics. At the end of the day, Peter is a big believer in the bottom-up approach mm. that uh, you can't really even invest like in a 
Asia overall, you have to do your homework because each country will have their own country risk. They will have their own investment case. And then when you look at stocks, it's a bottom up versus rather than a top down. So, you know, he's clearly uh, keen on semiconductors. He's been very consistent on that view. Maybe it's true because 2023 was a pretty bad year for all semiconductor stocks in Asia. But the Semiconductor Industry Association hinting that maybe 2024, 2025, we might see a better outlook. And as we know, stocks tend to move six months ahead of the reality. I agree with Peter. I think bottom-up seems to be a key indicator. And of course, corporate earnings is going to be a key driver to not how you look at these bottom-up results and analysis here. So yes, I think that's a very interesting take. Also, it's interesting take about uh, the airline industry where really supply-demand dynamics actually take a longer time to resolve Mm. uh, beyond just what we talk about in terms of three months or four months. So no cheap flights for the moment. Is that the is that the key message for us? Perhaps not a cheap flight within the continent of the world, but maybe out of space? Oh yes, because Virgin Galactic results came out last night. They reported third quarter sales of $1.73 million, a billion dollars I think, more than double that is this million or billion? I'm confused. (laughs) But basically they've got a net loss of $104.6 million or 28 cents per share lower than the expected loss of 43 cents per share. So they forecast $3 million in revenue for the last quarter, higher than the $1.58 million analysts expect well, I think time to book your flight uh, for a commercial space flight. But I tell you, what's the reason behind why their numbers were a bit better than expected? It's really cost management, right? They've basically been cutting costs. I think this has been part of the broader strategy to really, I think, drive the bottom line. They've cut roughly about 185 employees, so 18% of its workforce, in order to reduce costs and streamline work unrelated to its Delta development, which is their space plane that they plan to shoot us all into space. I think the revenue is very low because essentially they haven't really... How many people actually buy these flights? I think that's the issue, right? It's not a a volume game yet. We're not talking about it significantly big. And how many people actually have the money and wherewithal to go to space? Can you believe it? I'm actually really surprised because there is coverage for stock that uh, has revenue of only $1.73 million. Okay. Um, yes. So there are two buys on this name, six holes, four cells, consensus target price for the stock, $1.79 US cents. Last time it was actually up 30 cents to $1.86. Looks like some analysts really believe that, you know, Virgin can go all the way. Uh, let's turn our attention to something that's really firmly on the ground, which is wind resorts. They reported a third quarter profit of 1.67, and this is right, billion US dollars, or 99 cents per share, beating street estimates of 1.59 billion dollars on the back of strengthening in gaming, luxury, retail, hotel bookings that drove steady demand at its Macau properties. And we'll be discussing that later on at 7.30 with Angela Han of Bloomberg Intelligence. Uh, so total revenue almost doubled from $889 million it recorded a year ago to $1.67 billion. But like the gaming industry, they also have the challenges of union strikes, right? Because the results that you talked about, Shaolin, come ahead of the November 10th strike deadline from Las Vegas' hospitality workers over a new labour contract. Now, the unions have been negotiating for about seven months for, of course, a whole range of things, higher wages, stronger protections against new technologies like AI, reduction in steep quarters for housekeepers and improved safety for workers. So these themes, Mm. right, that are being pushed for 
support by these workers quite common across multiple industries. Yeah, uh, we saw that, of course, with the actor auto. strike, which has just been resolved. We had the writer strike. We had, of course, the auto workers. Yep. Uh, Amazon is considering it, especially in Europe, even here, even in America. Now, what's interesting is the timing of the strike because the union workers are being very, very clever. The uh, Las Vegas Grand Prix is coming up very, very soon. And I think they're saying, look, if we don't get back to work, your Grand Prix is going to be disrupted because everybody wants their food. Uh, they is, don't, you know, they don't want yeah. any disruptions to this premier event. So interesting that I think successful strikes are really targeted strikes. Strategic. Strategic and targeted strikes. Like mm. what we saw in the auto industry where they really targeted these high high margin uh, factories, right? And similar logic that you're seeing here applied here. What I think is interesting and consistent across all the strikes is that technology becomes really a core issue here. I mean, you talk about the actors, the worry about AI, you talk about um, the auto workers, worry about the, you know, EVs, EVs coming through. So technology has become a major consideration mm. and concern among all these union members. Yeah, they're concerned. Am I going to still keep my job, right? Uh, so if I look at Win, there's uh, 17 analysts that cover this. There are 10 buys seven holes no sales consensus target price for the stock 124 US dollars and 82 cents last done down two dollars and 25 cents to 90 US dollars and 65 cents up next we're going to be covering the top stories in the newspapers and portals this morning stay tuned for that BFM 89.9 you have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9 the business station for more stories of the same kind download the BFM app